It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Wayne McGahee III, host of the Locked On Seminoles Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. For those of you who are listening for the first time and don't know who I am, I'm the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I've covered Florida State for the last four years. I started out as an intern on the Florida State Scout site, NoldDigest.com, and worked my way up to the publisher of that site, and then took over as the Florida State beat writer in 2016. I cover every football game, home, away, bowl game, although it doesn't look like Florida State's going to get there this year, but we'll we'll jump uh, jump into that in just a little while. Uh, basketball, I cover home games and any NCAA tournament games that, that they play in. I was in Nashville and Los Angeles for Florida State's Elite Eight run this past year, and I cover home baseball games um, as well as any postseason baseball games. I was in I was in Omaha for the College World Series two years ago when Florida State made, and I also cover every major Florida State recruiting event. So I have a pretty good perspective on what what Florida State is doing. I go over every practice, every time Willie Taggart speaks, I'm there. Every time there's a media availability, I'm there. So I have a pretty good idea of what's going on around the Florida State program. And today we'll be a We'll be breaking down what happened in the debacle at Syracuse. The three players that stood out and the three players that just were 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 bad, um, and there were quite a few. And then finally, we'll talk about you know what changes or what Willie Taggart said at his um, at his weekly press conference today. So jumping right in, Florida State lost thirty to seven to Syracuse. Yes, that is thirty to seven. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you stopped watching after the first two quarters because it was dead boring, but Syracuse managed to put up uh, 24 points in the second half and blew Florida State out, and it, it was, I mean, it was just as rough to watch as it was, I mean, it looks on the scoreboard. Florida State barely avoided its first uh, shutout in since the Wake Forest 30 to nothing loss in 2016 or 2016 2006 uh, this, this was this was rough from the beginning on the offensive end I mean there's there's Florida State gained 240 yards of total offense 240 yards of total offense Western Michigan ran for 244 yards against the Syracuse defense ran not total yards Syracuse or Western Michigan ran for 244 yards four more yards than Florida State gained in the entire game Florida State averaged 2.7 yards per carry Cam Akers only touched the ball 12 times in the game it, I mean, it was just an all-around complete and utter failure by the Seminoles. Uh, there, there's no other way around it. There's no other way to describe it. It was a complete failure on the offensive side of the ball. And it obviously starts up front. Now, we'll get into it this week. Just, you know, what is, what's Willie Taggart's fault and what's not Willie Taggart's fault. And the offensive line is not Willie Taggart's fault. He was dealt a just awful hand when it came to what he had on the offensive line because Rick Trickett 
and Jimbo Fisher just completely screwed over the position as far as recruiting goes. I mean, this Florida State offensive line isn't talented, and it's dealt with a ton of injuries so far. Right now, uh, it, uh, they had another injury. Derek Kelly's going to be out for the Northern Illinois game. So Florida State will be starting three guys that have never that had never started a game coming into this season and a converted defensive uh, defensive tackle who was a defensive tackle less than two months ago, and then center Alec Eberle. It's I mean th- this offensive line. It's not it's not Willie Taggart's fault. It's what he's dealt with. But he's I mean. He's done absolutely like he, he's. I won't say absolutely nothing. He's done very little to help them out, um, and that is his fault. But the offensive line was so atrocious. I mean, it 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 was the worst offensive line performance I've ever seen. And for somebody who's watched Florida State the past few years, if you didn't watch this game, you're like, oh, that's hyperbole. No, it's not. I mean, this was atrocious. DeAndre Francois was hit, hit, hit some more, and then at the end of the game, like he got hit. Abdul Bello just got worked to the point to where like he, he didn't even touch the defender. Got just and Francois just got hammered to the ground, and Francois just throws his hands up, laying on the ground like, "What? Why? Why is this happening to me?" And Abdul Bello tried to help him up, and he didn't want he, Francois didn't want his help up. He wanted him to block. And it just, I mean, it wasn't going. And this isn't because the guys aren't trying. Um, it, it's not because Florida State's not, you know, the offensive linemen aren't putting putting the effort in. They clearly are. It's just because they're not a talented unit. They're not a talented group of guys. Um, they're, you know, a bunch of guys that probably shouldn't even be playing, if not for a bunch of injuries, Josh Ball getting kicked out of the university. I mean, it's, there's, I mean, there's absolutely nothing. Uh, good to say about this offensive line right now, and it, that's not Willie Taggart's fault. Um, let's just go ahead and and uh, point that out right now. That's that's one hundred percent not Willie Taggart's fault. The way he's handled that is Willie Taggart's fault. Um, you know, he he hasn't he's gone max protect a couple times, but not enough to really make a difference. Floors, I mean, Cam Akers got twelve touches. Um, 10 carries for 52 yards, and then had two receptions for eight yards. He's the best offensive player on this roster. Hands down, no question, he's the best offensive player on this roster, and he's touching the ball 12 times. Now, a lot of that is because Florida State got down. But, man, I mean, how does he... I I don't understand how he only gets 12 touches in a game. It just doesn't make sense to me. And then you've got DeAndre Francois throwing 37 passes. And a lot of that, like I said, Florida State was down had to come back, and it only got worse as Syracuse continued to add points. Um, But Florida State can literally do nothing with this offensive line. Um, You know, we're we're at the point... We're we're at the point now where we're having to wonder if Florida State will win another game this season. Somehow, someway, Florida State is a 12-point favorite against Northern Illinois. I don't understand that at all. I don't know how Florida State could be a double-digit favorite over anybody considering they've scored 10 points against FBS opponents. 10. 10. Um, It's, I mean, no running back has scored yet. No running back has scored yet, period. And nobody outside of DeAndre Francois has scored against an FBS team. That's that's where we're sitting right now. That's 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 what we're looking at on the offensive side of the ball. It's a complete train wreck. It's awful. It's horrendous. I mean, there's there's no other. Uh, there's 
Uh, I can't say enough bad things about the offense, and it's not totally, you know, Willie Taggart and the offense's fault. I mean, this this offensive line is just there's there's nothing you can do with it, um, and it's only you know it's only going to continue to get worse this season as more injuries come on. Um, I want to take a little bit to talk about the talk about the defense. The defense played extremely well. Let's just go ahead and get that out the way. The defense played extremely well, and it's but they got run down. Florida State's offense had seven three and outs. They were, the defense was on the field for thirty seven minutes in the game. I, what what are you supposed to do with that? I mean, they, they were exhausted by the end of the game. Syracuse ran eighty eight plays. The defense was just flat out exhausted by the end of the game, and it showed. And it just, I mean, Syracuse was able to put up some points uh, late in the third quarter, and then continued it into the fourth quarter. But I mean, the before the defense got absolutely just run down, they were playing very, very well. Um, Florida State special teams are still an adventure. They still are not very good. They can't punt. Uh, they can't do punt returns because the Gunners can't block. They can't. They can't punt right now uh, because that nobody's blocking up front for Logan Tyler. Now he has to be much better about getting the ball out quickly. But Syracuse almost blocked three or four punts, and they did have one blocked against Virginia Tech. So that's um, you know that's that's an adventure. Anthony Grant is made some okay like, returns. Uh, he also made some really bad ones. Florida State, after kickoff, started inside the twenty twice because Grant was uh, was tackled. Um, just didn't have any space to go because Florida State couldn't block that either. Basically, Florida State just can't block in literally every phase of the game, and that's obviously a rough uh, rough way to go. But jumping in, we'll have uh, segment two. We'll talk about the three players that played well, the three players that that struggled against Syracuse, and then the final we'll talk about Willie Taggart and his prepared statement for the media, um, which was very interesting. But before we get into that, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I, I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this this season. Yeah, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you all to make your way to my bookie. You win and they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code COLLEGEON25 to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E, and don't forget to use the promo code College on Twenty Five. There's no spaces, just C O L L E G E O N Two Five when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
thanks for sticking with us. Uh, jumping right in, we have three players that we're going to start off with the three players that played well. And yes, there were three players that played well. Let's let's just go ahead and get that out the way. I know that might not seem like it, but there were actually three players that played well in this game. Uh, Dontavious Jackson is number one. He, he missed a couple tackles at the end, but he was on the field for almost every single play um, that Florida State had, which means he was on the field for over 30, 35 minutes. I mean, he, he, he played his tail off. He recorded 14 tackles, two tackles for loss. His previous high in tackles was four, so he, he more than tripled it. Um, he filled gaps. He had huge roles in Florida State's goal line stands that kept them in the game in the first half. I mean, he played his tail off. He's, I mean, he 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 filled he filled his gaps. He did well in coverage. I mean, Dontavious Jackson is a guy that I thought would really take a step forward this year. And through the first two games, he was, eh. um. But against Syracuse, he really took that step forward and was really a force in the middle of the Florida State defense. Um, <clears throat> we're going to stick with the defense again. Um, you know, Jaden would be—he was a guy that I mentioned that uh, that I thought would have a would have a breakout game. He had a pretty good game, but I probably should have gone with two other freshman defensive backs, judging by how the game went, because I thought uh, freshman cornerback AJ Litton and freshman quarterback Asante Samuel Jr. had both had very, very good games. Um, Litton came up and made a tackles for loss on a goal line stand. Asante Samuel wasn't afraid to stick his nose in there. He had a, you know, he had a couple of nice plays. So I was really impressed with what they were able to do on the defensive side of the ball just when they got in. And they got in a lot of playing time, man. Um, it was kind of like a youth movement in the secondary for Florida State. Uh, they played, you know, in the second half, I think they played more than Levante Taylor did, both of them. So I was really impressed with what Litton was able to do, and I was really impressed with what Samuels was able to do. And the future is definitely bright when it comes to those two and uh, that position because both of those guys looked apart only three games into their freshman season. Another guy that uh, I mentioned had to step up and have a good game was Brian Burns, and man, he did. Uh, he had two sacks. He had three tackles for loss. Uh, he 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 looked the part. He did his job. You know, he, Florida State's needed to get a pass rush. They got a pass rush in the first half before everybody wore down, and um, you know Burns was a big part of that. He uh, you know he he's really. He's really picked his game up uh, through the first three games of the season. He's he's been, you know, Florida State's best pass rusher, and he he was Florida State's best pass rusher, and you know, really most productive pass rusher uh, against against Syracuse. I mean, he had uh, twenty nine yards of tackle for loss yards, so he he did his part when it came to the Florida State defense. Now we're gonna we're gonna move on over to the guys that did not play well and there's there's a lot to choose from um yeah I could I could go with the entire offensive line but Abdul Bello when he came in really stood out and he just he's just not ready to play um which is obviously not good because I believe this is his this is his fourth year at Florida State but he just I mean he didn't look ready to play he, he whiffed on so many so many blocks and just got Francois absolutely obliterated when he was on the field. He was, um, 
you know, he, he just, he ain't it. You know, Florida State's trying to find an answer at left tackle, and man, he ain't it. Um, putting him out there is doing, is basically endangering the quarterback. Um, you know, Francois just kept getting hit over and over, and every time you look over, it's it's either Jawan Williams or Abdul Bello turning, you know, turning a defender loose, and Francois getting crushed. And you know, when Bello went was put in to replace uh, Williams, he just, I mean, it, it just it clearly was not working. Williams was just as bad, but man, Abdul, like it, it was almost just as bad. But when Bello was in the game, Francois was getting crushed. I mean, he was getting absolutely crushed. <clears throat> and then, you know, I think, well, whew, you know, we, we'll talk about DeAndre. You know, it, it wasn't DeAndre's fault that he's getting absolutely crushed on every single play. I, I, I mean, I keep using the word crushed, but obliterated, you know, like he, he, was, he was hammered. There's, I mean... Those are the adjectives used to describe what happened to him that game. I mean, he, he spent more time on his back than he did upright. But when he was upright, he didn't do a very good job of making his reads. He didn't he didn't keep the ball enough. Um, there were times when he was he would have been able to you know go for a first down. Instead, he handed the ball off, and the running back would go right into the uh, defender's arms. I mean, he made just he 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 made some progress in his reads from the first game to the second game, but he took a big step back again this week. Um, it wasn't good. <clears throat> he also <clears throat> had a big play set up for, it was either Keith Gavin or Tamora and Terry. I can't remember at this point um, who it was. He was he was going to hit him down the sideline, and it probably would have gone for a touchdown. If not, it was going to be a huge gain. Um, but Francois underthrows the ball. It's picked, and I believe Syracuse went down and uh, either scored on that drive or pinned Florida State, uh, pinned Florida State deep. But just that that underthrown pass eh, i mean it, it legitimately if he just puts just an inch or two more air on it it goes for a huge gain instead it ends up uh you know Syracuse ends up with the ball it's you know Francois he just he just wasn't very good when he had time to throw uh and that's not to you know that's not to say that's entirely his fault i mean his internal clock right now is just absolutely messed up because he doesn't have more than three seconds to get rid of the ball pretty much ever. And when that happens, like his internal clock is messed up. So he's sitting there and he's like, okay, I've got to get rid of the ball. I'm going to get hit. And it's, it's affecting the way he throws the ball and the, the way he, um, you know, just the way he's playing overall. I and mean, he completed eight of uh, 36 pass attempts with an interception, no touchdowns, 178 yards. I think he had a passer rating of like 12 in the game. Um, it just, I mean, it was, it was awful, but one of the, uh, the final guy that I didn't think that I I thought played pretty poorly was Fred Jones. I think that Fred is, uh, a serviceable, serviceable backup for Florida state, but I didn't think he played particularly well, uh, when he was in, I would have liked to see more of Marvin Wilson who, uh, had five tackles. He got his first, uh, I believe, his first career sack in the game. But he's been playing extremely well so far. 
and he's really done a good job on the interior next to DeMarcus Christmas, but I would like to see a little bit less of Fred Jones. I think he's a perfectly capable backup, but I don't think he needs to be in your starting lineup and getting the most uh, the most snaps out there. I think it should be Marvin Wilson at this point. Fred Jones is still listed as the starter on Florida State's uh, depth chart, but I think uh, as we go forward, we're going to see more of Marvin Wilson just because, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, just because of how well he's played through the first two games. It might not have you know shown up on the stat sheet, but he has really done a good job. Um, when you go back and watch the film, he's done a really good job with um, with how he's played <clears throat> coming off that knee injury. I think we'll see him get more playing time as Florida State gets more comfortable with him. But the final segment, we'll talk about Willie Taggart and his prepared speech for the media today, as well as what he said about... Um, about the uh, uh, the Syracuse game. But before we get into that, the wait is over, football is here, and that means it's fantasy football season. And FanDuel has been, never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play for you. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. I had a really good bounce-back week this week with Todd Gurley, Stefan Diggs, Cam Newton, uh, ended up scoring quite a few points and bouncing back from a from a tough week one. But if if you enjoy playing fantasy football, there's no better place to play than FanDuel. And FanDuel will give new users a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit. So come play with me at FanDuel.com and come and play with your friends. They have It's so much easier to play with your friends now. So make sure to go check it out at FanDuel.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. And then jumping back into the third segment, I really appreciate you guys sticking with me. Um, I, Willie Taggart read off his read off a a prepared statement today during his weekly press conference, and I'd never seen a coach do this before. But um, I'm going to read that to you guys. Um, it was good afternoon, everyone. Let me begin with just a few general comments and some thoughts. To piggyback on my comments after the game on Saturday, our fans have every right to have high expectations of our program, and I can assure you that no one has higher expectations than I do. We have a proud history and tradition of football at FSU, and it is on our shoulders to carry the torch, and our fans, students, alumni, former players deserve a team that plays better than what we have so far this season. Our program has some tremendous young men who are determined to get it fixed and who are committed to turning this around, and a group of coaches who are looking at everything, including ourselves. I watched the game on of on of uh, Syracuse about five times since Saturday, looking at everything, and our offense must do better at all positions. Our defense has played well, though not perfectly. Our special teams mu- must be an asset to this team. We spent the last 48 hours as a team identifying areas to improve in, self-evaluating what we do, how we do it, working hard in practice, and with a renewed purpose, I am confident that we will get it done. But all the words and coaching cliches and assistance that we must do better, insistence that we must do better, won't help us play any better. 
that comes in the form of coaching. It's why we coach. It's on me and our assistants to get this right, and we will. I believe in this team, and I believe this team will get it done. Now on to Northern Illinois. He said the right things. I mean, that that and that's what you want your coach to say. You want them to say that they're looking at every facet of the game. You want your coach to say that they're even looking at the coaching staff themselves, and they absolutely should be because right now Florida State's struggling to line up properly. Um, you know, there there have been, I believe, uh, four through three games. They've either had four or five penalties where a wide receiver has covered up Trey McKitty and negated a big game. And Trey McKitty looked so frustrated after one of the after one of those plays uh, against Syracuse. Like he, he was throwing his hands up, like why can't we get this right? And he's absolutely right. So you know you want, and you, that that really that comes back to coaching and not having your players in the right position. But Florida State, so Florida State definitely has to do a better job with that. Uh, but yeah, I mean he said the right things, and he also said that he knows that saying the right things isn't going to be enough this time. You can say the right things after Virginia Tech. You know, it's the first game, you know, you, you understand. Not after game three where you've looked the way Florida State has looked in the first three games. He, like, he gets it. He also understands that fans are going to be upset. You know, that's that's what fans do, and they have every right to be upset with the way that Florida State has played, especially, you know, if they're the ones, you know, traveling to games and sitting in the stadium until, you know, the clock strikes zero on a 36-26 to win over Sanford where Florida State looked like the worst team for 40 minutes, 50 minutes. I mean, so, you know, you, you like what you're hearing, but you also, you know, if, if you're like me, I'm in a wait-and-see mode. I'm not going to... Think that Florida, I don't think that Florida State can turn this thing around this year, no matter how hard Willie Taggart tries, just because of the way the offensive line is. But you know, you have to respect them for trying, and we're gonna like maybe we'll see some adjustments to negate, not negate, but help out the offensive line and where that goes. Taggart also said that he's gonna, you know, he's, he, they're gonna move the pocket more, try and help Francois out. They're gonna try and do more max protect where. You know, they keep the running back and the tight end in. Um, he also said that everything's on the table as far as you know, who who's going to play. Uh, that means the freshman could be an option. Uh, Christian Armstrong, Jalen Goss, or Chaz Neal. Uh, if it gets to that point, Florida State is just is is in really bad position because Chaz Neal was a converted defensive end. Um, Jalen Goss is 270 pounds, and Christian Armstrong is a guard. Uh, that I mean, he was here in the spring, but he's a guard. So, if if you know any of those guys play, Florida State is in is in pretty big trouble. The most physically ready, you know, guy who came in most physically and mentally ready to play is the guy who's on the sideline with a with an injury that's basically into this season. Christian Meadows, but he's not available to play. Um, so if we get to that point to where a freshman has to play, it's, I mean, it can't, it can't really go much more downhill than it already has, but man, that would be real downhill. Um, I asked coach Tagger about, about his special teams, about the pump block against Virginia tech. And then Syracuse almost blocked three or four points themselves. Just, you know, if, is it a missing assignment? Is it a, you know, schematic issue? And he basically said that the players aren't blocking well enough. Okay, apparently the players aren't blocking well enough to get the job done, and um, you know Logan Tyler has to you know has to get the ball off quicker. But it, man, 
you know, if if they're not blocking well enough, Florida State needs to find new new players out there that will block well enough because uh, the special teams have been a disaster, particularly the punt, uh, the punt unit so far. Um, you know, Coach Taggart was he spoke a lot about the offensive line and just what they have to do, and he, basically he said the offensive line is panicking after they get beat a couple times. Thought this was the most telling thing, and probably the worst thing, you know, as far as just oh my god, this is you know, you're not sure that this can get any better because they're panicking after they get beat once or twice, and then they try to do too much and try and figure it out. You know, I see, you know, I, I could definitely see guys panicking. I mean, that that makes complete sense, um, but I still don't think it's a technique issue for Florida State. I think that. Florida State just doesn't have the talent on the offensive line. If you, you know, if you go back and look at it, you can check out my uh, Florida State misery, how we got here uh, story. Basically, details why Florida State's offensive line uh, is as bad as it's been. You can check that out on Tallahassee.com. But man, uh, you know, Florida State's offensive line recruiting under Rick Trickett was absolutely abysmal, and you know, this is the end result. Florida State's just not talented enough to get the job done. And it's been that way for a few years, and it's going to take a few more years because an offensive line isn't a plug-and-play position. It's going to take a few more years to, um, you know, to figure it out. But, you know, Taggart was also asked about uh, going away from the things, you know, going away from his offensive principles to try and find some short-term results this season. And Taggart said he's going to evaluate, you know, what he's doing to make sure that, you know, to make sure that they're doing the best that they can, but he's not going to make any rash decisions. Personally, I don't think he should change what he wants to do. Uh, You build for the future at this point, and Florida State's offensive line is going to, you know, hinder whatever offense you run. Uh, That's just the way it's going to, that's just the way it's going to be. The offensive line is poor. It's going to be poor no matter if you're running, you know, whatever offense you're running. This offensive line isn't going to be any better. And it's going still going to be a major issue that you know breaks apart the offense. So there's, in my opinion, there's really no point in him trying to go away from what got him to this point and what he believes is the best offense for Florida State to run. You know, when, when that happens, you know, if he tries to go away from it, then he has to, you know, he's basically sacrificing, you know, what he wants to do in the future for maybe a few points here and there. But that'll be all for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I'm your host, Wayne McGahey, on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll be back again tomorrow. It'll be a little earlier tomorrow, but I wanted to wait to hear what Willie Taggart said. And then, obviously, I had some uh, some writing to do just off of what he said and stuff like that. But it'll be a little earlier tomorrow. I appreciate you guys' support. I appreciate you guys listening. And I hope you continue that support as we continue to go through this season because I know I'm going to need it to... Uh, yeah, just to continue on with this as far as you know, just how uh, how things have gone. But I really appreciate you guys taking a listen, and uh, have a great day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.